welcome to the Burnout Podcast, where we discuss all things agile software development and delivery. We will be giving you an honest take on tools and techniques. We'll share our experiences, debunk myths, and hopefully provide needed inspiration. Hi, I'm Todd Anderson, Consultant Delivery Manager. I've done just about every job in IT, from tech support, programmer, network security, project and program management. I can't say I've done everything, but I've seen a lot. And I'm Marcel Britsch, digital consultant, business analyst and product owner. I've worked in digital before this even had a name, and since have been quite a bit around the block. And this is my way of giving back to the industry. So sit back, relax, and settle in for this week's episode. Apologies, this recording was taped outside and you may experience some ambient noise. We hope that this doesn't disturb your listening experience too much and you still find it informative and entertaining. Hello and welcome to The Burner. As in the last episode, I'll be speaking with my colleague Swati Podar. Our colleague Todd has just arrived back in the UK, so he won't be joining us today. Swati and I will be talking about the role of the business analyst and the role of the product owner. We're doing this from the pool in my hotel in Bangalore, hence uh, the ambient noise of birds and traffic. And we hope you guys can still understand as well. Swati, for those guys who haven't listened to the last episode and who don't know you, do you quickly want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Swati Padar. I'm a business analyst, product owner and a software consultant. I work from India for most part, but I've also traveled to UK and the US quite often for the clients. Um, yeah, I guess that's me. Shall we jump right into the topic? Let's do it. Cool. As always, if you haven't got the time to listen to the full thing, here is a summary. Successful projects are based on a clear understanding of the domain, specifically goals and needs, and how to satisfy these with a solution within the given constraints, think, time, money, regulatory, etc. With the product owner hat on, we take care of the upfront bit, meaning the focus on strategic fit, while with the business analyst hat on, we focus more on the nitty-gritty detail of the solution. But really, both roles are just a different focus on the same spectrum, in practice, they can be taken on by the same or different individuals, whatever your project needs. Ultimately, both roles are about making sense of the problem domain, enabling teams to articulate complexity, explore items under discussion, and converge towards a clear and valuable outcome. As with most roles in the 21st century, knowledge of tools and techniques, how to do things, are being downgraded to hygiene factors, while approach and mindset, how to go about things, specifically communication and collaboration, become factors of excellence. Consequently, the business analyst and product owner are key roles for any well-run project. Swati, what do you think? What, what is the role of the business analyst or product owner? Like, what, what, do you, what do you say to your mum? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> oh, to my, to my mom, I, I would love to tell her that I'm in meetings all day. She might think that I'm overpaid for no reason. <laughs> But I, this is how I explained to her. I said, if I were, say, an architect or an interior designer, I would talk to my customers. I would understand what they want. And then I would design things the way they like to, which someone else will kind of implement, basically. Someone else will carry that design forward and then work it out. So I'm basically a middleman. And I think this is an interesting one because I kind of understand what you say. So we... 
I guess we sit between the clients, the users, and the implementation teams. We mediate, we facilitate, we drive in the right direction, we help people make their minds up, we help them get to grips with complex situations, information. Um, but I think somehow the analogy with the architect is a bit of a not applicable one because we have in the industry something that's called the architect role so they solution design would you so when you say you design the solution is this part of a business analyst job to design the solution or do you oh, no, 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 what no, did not you at all. I don't think design is part of our job at all it's about conveying the requirements to the team is where we come in conveying the need and then yeah. yes now this is an interesting thing because I've worked with, with developers who didn't like for whatever reason being told what to do or work with other people and then their point is always like I can think myself I can speak to the customer directly why do I need you in the mix so I guess the question is what value do we add as business analysts I think in a, uh, smaller teams uh, it basically works or like startups or smaller organizations yes. where the developers themselves talk to the clients and then get stuff sorted but I think as the organization grows or if you're talking mm. in a big organization I think people do need us so that the developers can just focus on focus what on. they need to do and we get to focus on the business side aspects of everything and then it's just too much information right yeah, to process right. too many people to interact yeah. with I think there's another thing though I think you're maybe underselling the role I think <laughs> um, because I think what we do a lot as well and I've seen this working with you I've seen this obviously working with other people is um, not everyone is as, as you and I, I think we, you would agree with that, can't really write beautiful code, although we've tried and maybe, I'm oh, not no, sure about you, I, but... I'm terrible at it. See, same here. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of developers, not all of them, or a lot of other people, can't necessarily do the analysis bit right, or maybe, and we'll come to this when we talk a little bit more about like what do we actually do in practice and, and what good, good looks like, but I think there are certain skills to this which we bring to the table, which is about reading between the lines, making sense of the client is throwing a lot of things at you. They might sometimes not even know what they need, right? Oh, so that, that I agree with. Uh, there are a lot of times where they wouldn't know what they need and we kind of... Tease it out, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then we tell them, oh, by the way, this is what you want. And then they kind of agree to it at a later point. But yeah. And I think, I, I think this is an interesting point you just made. So in big organizations or big old school consultancies the, the, the business analyst role is often seen as a junior role and it's seen as a role a scribe where you it's a bit like the waiter in the restaurant where you, the waiter comes to you and you know with, with, the, with the notepad it's like madam what would you like to eat and he notes it down <laughs> whereas I think the role we do is a far more maybe the customer is just hungry and you help them figure out what's healthy for them what they actually enjoy eating do they want a big meal or a small meal? Have they got children with them? So it's, it's that entire discussion. And then maybe if they want pizza, but you haven't pizza there, or their budget doesn't allow them to eat certain things, then maybe you nudge them in the right direction. I mean, there is a need which the client may not have really understood. And there are solution options, and you help them drive them towards the right solution options for them within the constraints of the project, I guess. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed is um, not all the developers, but I've been in calls, uh, client calls basically, and I have developers on the call who speak about how to do something instead of talking about what and why that needs to be done. Nice. And yes. that's where we come in basically because we need to not have that conversation very early because mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. We first need to find out what they actually want before you uh, derive how you go about it. Because you but might implement I've, the totally wrong thing, right? 
I've yes. been in that position a lot many times where you know need to take a pause in that conversation and say, hey, is this something we can discuss later? Because let's find out what we need to do in the first place. Um, that's re- happened quite often. It's me. really good. With the, you remember yesterday over lunch we spoke to one of our colleagues and he's working with one of our clients in India and he said, um, I think there were like 20 or 30 features they wanted, and he was like. Why do you need that? And they're like, well, our customers want it. And then he spoke to those customers, and they're like, yeah, of course we want it, but we wouldn't be using this in the next for the next 12 months. We might <laughs> want it in the future. And Absolutely. So yeah, you, you could easily just over-design, design the wrong thing. Whereas you need someone to focus everyone onto achievement of goals. So the the, the definition of the BA for me is is kind of more a, a spectrum of roles. So you yeah. have systems analysts on one side. Deep, deep in the in the technology, in you know APIs, data, data analysts, maybe analyzing system system interfaces, and then you have got the more mid-level, mid level, or not mid level in terms of experience, but mid range BA who is looking at requirements, non functional requirements, functional requirements, writing stories, helping the team, facilitating, and then you've got further up that spectrum, you go more into business strategy, so away from technology. This is where the product owner comes in, yeah. where you focus on user needs, business value, business needs, business strategy, where you do your roadmaps, etc. Does that kind of match what, how you think about the role? Because I know we spoke about this and you have started as, like I have, as a as, as, as classic business analyst writing requirements, stories, waterfall maybe in the past. And I think now we've moved a bit more into the product side of things. It yeah. just seems like a natural progression in yeah, your career. Abs- yeah, absolutely. I think as a BA only focused about uh, what my team is delivering and then mm. it's done at the end of the day I think as a product owner what I've realized working with you of course is that we kind of share the product vision so yes. we know so many details about you know like multiple features or how this entire thing comes together basically yeah. and I guess that's primary difference of being a product owner the other things like prioritization scoping roadmaps um, there are a lot of things that a product owner deals with that a business analyst doesn't have to bother if, if it's a small if there are multiple teams working on it. Correct, correct. I think it's, it's as you just said, it's, it's, a, it's a move away from technology to a business strategy, right? That, yeah. That's kind of the spectrum. And people sit somewhere on that spectrum and there's no right or wrong. I don't think they should be considered more senior or junior. It's just a different way of thinking, different way of helping the project. Yeah. And I think these are soft factors, right? So, so there, are, there are some soft skills that you need to have. Uh, I think empathy is, is something that, that comes into this, like be, being able to put yourself in the shoes of a client, of oh, an yeah. organization that needs to deliver. Um, being able, I think, to make sense and handle complex information that changes frequently. Mm. I think you've just ran two uh, delivery teams across two locations yeah. in our last project. And I think there was a lot of context shifting for you, go- for you going on. How did you find that? Is, is that, that that's surely something that, that's part of our role, right? To Definitely. Hey, it was actually fun. I thought it would be stressful, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you... How did you find this context shifting between... Because you were not only working on one feature at a time. You sometimes had three or four features in different stages running. Did you feel that that... Is, is that something that you just bring, or is that something which you would expect from a business analyst to kind of be able to jump topics quite quickly? I, I think context switching is one of the important things uh, for a business analyst. I have been a BA for like eight or nine years, I can't uh-huh. remember, but I've always been able to do it, so I think I've taken it for granted that all BAs would need to do it. It's hard to teach, right? I don't know, yeah. sometimes people ask me, how do you do it? I'm like, um, I don't know, it's how your brain works. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's maybe the point. Some people write beautiful codes, some people 
analyze information beautifully and yeah. can context shift and some can't and again it, that's why we work together with different different people yeah. so that's kind of the soft skills side and then I think there are hard skills as well um, so hard skills I mean quite often and it would be interesting what you think about this quite often people come to me and it's like as a BA you need to be able to write user stories mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah you do but I'm not massively impressed by that skill because I think it's a teachable skill I know would you agree or I don't know do you think there are any hard skills in terms of people ask me what software do I need to learn what techniques do I need to learn do you, do you think this is majorly important or is it just something that you bring along as a hygiene factor that's just there when I get asked by people you know what makes a good BA quite often they're like what tools do I need to learn as in do I need to know UML do I need to know rational rows do I need to know Visio do I need to know Excel um, do I need to know how to write user stories do I need to know Gherkin Cucumber I personally I'm not massively fussed about these things because I think that's things that if someone has the right mindset and we'll come about mindset to, we talk about mindset in a second these things are learnable. I can teach that to any, anyone who is intelligent quite quickly. Yeah. Am I, again, oversimplifying here? Because you and I have been doing this for years. Or would you agree that it's not that important, really? There's other things that are more important. No, it's not that important. So when I was interviewed for the role of BA, yeah. like my first job as a BA, yes. uh, knowing rational roles, uh, to do use cases, class diagrams, all this was important, I think, at that point of time. But we have now I don't think that is necessary right now I guess the I don't think interviews these, these days they look at how you approach a particular problem yes. uh, it's not about if you can draw class diagrams or use cases or I mean, these things can help rise, yeah, right? but it helps and even with respect to user stories right I mean I know that you have an opinion about the user <laughs> stories I write about not being API story and a UI story but I have worked with different dev teams and yes. different teams need different I, level of stories there's some devs who would like why are you not giving more information and some devs are like I'm not a code monkey let me do some analysis for myself so yes. even you know it's good that you know how to write user stories especially the cucumber format given when thence but it, it it just it will change with the team you're working with you can't you just can't say that this is how I work and you deal with it. It doesn't work that way. So, no, not... not. And the same with software, right? I mean, you, you, we, we've used Visio in the past. I'm not sure anyone... I've not touched Visio in the last five years because it's all like cloud-based stuff. So we use Draw.io and... Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I hate that tool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan either. But, you know, I, you know but these things move on, exactly. Um, interesting what you said about adapting to different people's needs and I think this is for me so we've got soft skills which we said are super important interaction with other people Um, hard skills we've said well it's not like as important as a developer to know how to code properly and even coding arguably it's not about knowing Scala or knowing Java it's knowing how to write code and then the language you choose is relatively irrelevant I'm being told by good developers (laughs) so there's the third thing to me, which is mindset. And I think that's maybe the most important. So you said you need to be able to adapt. I think you need to be able to work in an agile way. So focus on value, deliver incrementally. I, I struggle with that a lot. So when I um, interview people, I've interviewed with your colleagues here recently, a couple of guys. And what quite often happens is that the candidates jump to right into the solution, as you said before, yeah. rather than be like, hang on, why are we doing this? What's the right thing? Um, 
so it's 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 and then how we how do we help the client to build this up in stages because it is a a reaction that needs to be expected from a client that they want everything now yeah and maybe more than they need and more than they can afford certainly so how do we help them to what you said earlier prioritization how do we help them get there incrementally and learn on the way and maybe not do things that are not relevant right now um do you find what 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 else would you say is it make from that perspective mindset makes a good ba so if, if you i know you interview people as well um how do you yeah again what what makes if you look at a candidate i think we can quite quickly tell whether someone is good or not but how what, what's the indicators and maybe also what's the count, count, counter indicators where you're like nah done i think uh the way someone introduces themselves during during an interview and how relaxed and chill they are it kind of sets the tone for the interview uh, i mm, and why why is this important because one could say this is just an interview but i think it is important because as a consultant you're constantly in front of clients exactly so that's, that's that's exactly my thought process so yeah um i remember being super nervous before interviews but during an interview i i think i have somehow managed to maintain my cool thank god for that um i i would expect the same from people i want to work with i want them to be calm and cool and by you know in front of difficult clients it it, it helps Yes. Uh the other factor would be that when a case study is given how they ask you questions or because we do kind of this role play where I play yes. the client and they are kind of asking me questions about what I want in the product. Um how they approach it is very important to me if they're going to straight dive in and say oh we can do this for you or because the yeah. case study is familiar with something that's out there in the market they have this tendency ah. to jump right into the solution. Yes. And that has happened quite a lot and I think that's where I'm like oh no. And this is interesting because you said case study but a case study is technically speaking nothing different than a brief a client gives you, right? Exactly. Yeah. So again, you are in whether you're in an interview scenario or in front of the client it's the same thing. Same thing, yeah. You are teasing out information of the client and by doing that well when we spoke about this I think the other day um by doing that well you show the client that you care about the business that you understand the business here's actually an interesting thing sorry this is a bit beside the topic but i think we should talk about this do you feel domain knowledge is important for a ba because i'm asking this that there are the big consultancies they have their verticals right yeah. and you work in finance you work in energy you work whatever in medical i have domain experience just because i've worked a lot in automotive and i know you have domain experience in certain things because you worked in government but we've also on this project worked in finance in we had didn't have much experience with exactly what we're doing at this stage and some people could think that's a weakness i think it's a strength and i'll explain in a second why but i want to hear from you what do you think i think it's a strength because we actually walking in without any assumptions or you know it is just yes. starting fresh Agreed. we want to know more and we have no idea what a put, what that particular domain is for and we ask more questions to the client no matter how stupid or trivial the question is we we don't hold back we ask them we find out more information but if you already know the domain you might hold back maybe i don't making know assumptions you're second yeah. guessing and sometimes we ask questions where the client's like well fuck i've been 10 years in the industry i've no idea how to answer <laughs> them they're like maybe we should look into that right <laughs> Exactly. Um yeah totally totally valid point. Um, But I do see job description that says have the domain experience like 5 years in this and I mean like really So this this is maybe um where the the concern with no domain experience comes from. Have you been in a situation where a client got annoyed with you because you asked too many questions? I've worked with 
in companies where engagement managers or client services people were very concerned about you asking too many questions which the client could find annoying and I've always called bullshit on that because I think that's if you can't ask the client questions and maybe if you need to the same question multiple times the client is an idiot apologies for all clients listening to this but the good clients I've worked with and they were literally all of them engaged in a discussion and they needed to explain to you things two or three times there was a reason why it wasn't clear and it was a good thing for them as well I'm not sure if you come across similar things where clients got annoyed or not really no see that's the thing I think this is a made up problem yeah I guess so and people like to talk about their business right it's not yeah, I think <laughs> it's weird somebody wouldn't like to talk unless they don't have knowledge about it it's a very ah but this is a different problem then and this is a good point then to ask the questions because then you're pointing out not blaming them but that there is a that we need somebody else who can drive decisions yeah, exactly so Ati, how did you how did you become a BA because people ask this a lot how do I become a BA and is, is there a clear career path we know for, for developers there are a very clear career path right how, how did what, what was your career path like when I started off as a developer and I <laughs> realized I'm a very we bad all. developer um, but I did get to work with a business analyst in, the, in my first organization, which is very lucky because I understood that this is something I can be good at. And were you aware before you worked with that person that that role existed? No, not okay, at all. It was super new at that point. And um, I was looking for a postgraduate course, a postgraduate course actually. And, and I found a course that matches what I wanted to do. Which luckily. was at London, in London City College, right? City yes. University, yeah. City University, yeah. Yeah, that, that was brilliant. And and then, yeah, and I came back to India after that, and then I've been working as a BA, PO, Scrum Master since then. And so that postgrad degree was a, was a degree in proper business analysis, so you're like uh, a Master's like, of Business Analysis or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's project management, UX, BA work. I mean, it just touched all the relevant mm. uh what do you say, roles, basically? Areas, yeah. yeah. It, was, yeah, it yeah. was such a fun course, yeah. Okay, this is interesting. So you would recommend this to someone who is uh, maybe in their earlier stages of their career and wants to go somewhere into analysis, business analysis. You'd be like, yeah, that's an... It sounds like you have taken a lot from that course. Yeah, it kind it. of... It set a tone uh, and it kind of changed the approach. I would recommend that course. It's not for people who already have experience. Like, I would never recommend that to you because you already know all that's yeah. like been there, done that. But for folks who are who are looking to become a business analyst, I would definitely okay. recommend that. Yeah. Because with me, it's different. So I have an engineering degree, but not in not IT specific, uh, more in, in cross-media. This was before the internet even started. Um, and then I, the internet came along and I did like literally everything you do in small organizations. So design, coding, uh, project management, a little bit like you. And then I realized this is not really what I'm good at. But there are some, some other things in this was you know more looking at the analysis side of things and, and strategic thinking um, but there wasn't a role around for this and there wasn't even UX wasn't wasn't a thing back then we just had designers yeah. um, <laughs> um, and then I did an MBA because it was more interesting the business side but again an MBA is something that just expands your view like it did for you with the business analysis specific things it expanded my view on business strategy on marketing on human resource management etc which was really helpful and again I would recommend this for anyone more on the junior side of things but yeah. again if you're super super senior maybe not that relevant um, and then in one of my projects uh, my boss said oh uh, we'll change titles um, you'll be a business analyst and I'm like oh what I've been doing that's called business analysis and then I started reading <laughs> up on stuff 
and I found you know my way into waterfall ways of working and uh, UML modeling etc etc and then over time everything changed into agile um, and I think the the key thing for us is, is is I think to work with good people and inspiring people and yeah there's so much and with change good clients too not always on our hands though. really good point exactly work on good projects uh, don't just work with you know where they where they burn you out and where you do the same thing all the time you need to yeah. move on you need to learn new things so yeah to, to wrap this up maybe so if you had to say what you're doing on a date on, on, on a typical day um, in like two or three sentences what what do you do what does your what, what does a day like that, that look like as a BA or PO <laughs> if I say I am in meetings all day does, does, does that doesn't make it sound like I do nothing all day because <laughs> that's, not, know, what that's not true <laughs> I think um, my current role is kind of a mixture of a BAPO and a scrum master. So other than, you know, uh, speaking to the clients, getting things sorted, prioritized, um, you know, think, making everything is uh, part of the roadmap. I also work with dev teams, uh, story grooming, user stories, kicking them off, um, discussions. questions, right? Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, and that's how a normal day looks like which is more than what, how it sounds like by the way <laughs> yeah which is interesting because my day looks slightly different just because the way we've when we joined the project um, I joined earlier so I'm more kind of a bit more top level strategic and you're more working with people who actually deliver something yeah. um, just because this how this has unfolded so my day is a bit more um, looking maybe at with, with uh, our project d uh, delivery lead engagement manager looking a little bit more at, at roadmaps maybe structuring a little bit kind of more future forwards looking things at yeah. far more high level and then speaking with you and the other BAs to kind of align us as a team on what do we do next and, and, and what are the important things and, and flush out any dependencies that I think is a big thing that we yeah, kind of need to manage should, yeah. um, and that can easily trip you up. But I think we both agree that and this is not just because we are business analysts or product owners that the role is really really important for a for a, for, for a good running team. Yeah. It's not just vanity or that we we're worried about our jobs. We, I think we would do different jobs if we thought these jobs were yep. not not valuable. Yeah. So one the one of the first teams uh, I've joined in my recent employment, uh, they've actually didn't they've actually said that we we know what a BA does after we see you working for for the team. We have no idea how it how it all worked out and they also said that now we have more time to design and implement stuff instead of worrying about talking to the client and getting business requirements. And figuring out what you're supposed exactly. to do in the first, first place. place. Exactly. So I think, yeah, we, I think we play a very prominent role. Uh, sometimes undervalued. Is that, a, is that a right word? Basically? I think that's fair. I've, I've yeah? experienced that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like people say, oh, you just write stories. And, and you're like, expensive, right? Yeah. So why should we have you on the project? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more than that. Um, I guess... I don't. We don't sell ourselves enough, I suppose. But, yeah. Um, cool. But that's true. Um, yeah. So thank you very much for uh, having that chat with me. Thank you for having me over again. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah. Hope uh, this was interesting, and you guys uh, come back and listen again. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. That's it for today's episode. Have a look at our show notes with related information and details on how to get in touch at thebarnup.com. We are listener-driven, so please do send us your questions, comments, and ideas for new episodes. We're both practitioners and are happy to discuss interesting opportunities from consulting to coaching to getting involved in actual projects. 
For inquiries, please visit burnupmedia.com. This podcast is produced by Burnup Media Limited under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 license, which means you can share it as long as you give credit, but you cannot change it or make money of it. Until next time, thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.